Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Yusuf Dahl, and when I was 18, I was convicted of selling drugs. For the past three years, I've had difficulty finding housing because it is legal in the United States to discriminate against individuals that have a past drug distribution conviction on their record for life. It doesn't matter if it was a hard drug like heroin or a drug that's now legal or partially legal in many states across the country like marijuana. The Thurman Amendment was introduced to the Fair Housing Act in 1988 by segregationist Strom Thurman and it's since been used to deny housing to all people. But because people of color are disproportionately jailed for drug charges, we are affected more. My goal is to overturn this amendment to start an end to housing discrimination that unfairly targets people of color. If you would like to join this movement, please visit ThurmanAmendment.org to learn more. A message from the Fable and Folly Network. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons. We're a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast, and I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore, and with me today is Amy Moore. Yes, she is. I'm Amy Moore, and I'm playing... Who do you regularly play? I regularly play Thea Amastasia. And also with us, Tom Laird. Hey, that's me. Uh, I saw a really weird commercial earlier for a show called Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club, so we've got that to contend with as alternative programming. Uh, and I normally play Flint Firebeard. Does it play at the same time as we do? Like, are we I would assume it's prime time? always, though, honey. Mm. It's a podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a real show, so... <laughs> well, we've got that going for us. And also with us, Carla Johnson. And I play Nulara Moonbrook, and I had a dream last night that was very real, and I only just now realized it clearly must have been a dream that I was out at a restaurant and there was a child sitting beside me named Nulara. <laughs> but that can't be okay. real, right? I mean, it's kind of a real name, but it's it's not a totally wacky name or anything. It just Maybe there are people who are now naming their children Flinthia Nulara because of the podcast. Oh, that certainly can't That's be That's terrifying. Oh, I mean, I certainly, I certainly would just not enjoy that at all for that child you know, i would just um give them a good middle name i could actually see any of our names being named well thea is a name the, mm-hmm. the kid's god yeah. yes yeah. thea is but even flint flint like, yeah. yeah i could see that yeah. Yeah. i could see that i once taught a kid named sunshine and also one yeah. named boogie so oh, flint and nulara are not bad names <laughs> no there are no bad no, names see? maybe that's what i'm saying how's everybody doing good Weird day, super weird day, but good. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're all here and and ready to play the game because we're doing something sure different. We're so ready. But what isn't different is when we dedicate a, an episode to a patron. That's true. We do that all the time. Like Who is it? When like we remember. Today, 
Yeah, I mean, there was that that incident. A we couple. were all drunk. It was so just a blip. Was, we mostly remember. We were having a tough time. Anyways, uh, today's patron we're dedicating to one Jacob Madden. Jacob, you the bomb. Hey, Jacob. thanks, Jacob. So, thanks, awesome. Jacob. And if you want to check Patreon out, patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast. You can come join the community over there, but we also have other communities uh, like Discord, where there are exclusive Patreon channels. Um, and our Facebook group, the Reckless Play Guild, where we joined up with the End of Time and Other Bothers, the Lucky Die and Dark Dice. You can come join us over there. they got great, great people all over the place. You can come hang out and chat with. Hey, remember when Russ used to tell all this stuff, but then you used to like pop quiz us and you'd be like, and you can also find us on <coughs> Tom. Oh, the worst. <laughs> the worst. But then it never worked out. So I just, we I No, but then out. we got really good at it, I think. We were like so ready with like the websites and stuff that it wasn't fun for him anymore mm. and he stopped doing it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It just became quicker just for me to do it. You know, like us stumbling through it. www.patreon.com slash dumbdragon. Cast. Cast. Damn it. <laughs> See? Yeah. Well, He's and right. also that's the whole like mantra for our whole podcast is it's just easier <laughs> it's, for us. You know what? <laughs> D&D. It's just easier if the DM does it all. Yeah. Uh, make that a true. t-shirt. Uh, yeah. Yep. And we have t-shirts too. We won't get into that now. We'll wait for the inter- interlude for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we should say fuck it, let's play D&D because we're doing things a little different today. Fuck it, let's do it different. So, fuck it, let's do it different. Um, and we've been doing th- things differently for the last it seems like a couple months <laughs> have um, we said that every episode so it's gonna be a little different today guys I, I guess in that in that respect we're doing things normally for 2019 2019 doing things different today we are we're looking to the future of dungeons and dragons is what we're doing and flinthia and nulara they've got a big battle coming up now we don't know how that battle's going to turn out uh we're we're all hoping for the best um, but it is the inevitable rise of TMS. So <laughs> exactly. And I mean, we've pissed Russ off and a we're lot. All we are exceptionally <laughs> irritating people. So it, it's. I mean, it's still all up to the <laughs> dice rolls, and we still plan on going ahead with Flinthy and Nulara. However, we would like to explore the world around at a lower level. Two double meaning there, but so we're starting with some new characters today. And these characters will we'll do a couple episodes here, but they won't be back until after that battle. Um, and they're going to start at level one. So that's something that you as Dungeons and Dragons listeners haven't experienced with us because we only started Flinthia and Nulara at level ones around the table before we started recording. So they started at like, I can't even remember, six or seven. It was, it was somewhere in there. So we get to go through that process together. And then it gets us to give a chance to look at what Flinthy and Nular haven't really been ta- being able to take a look at, which is like how the world is changing for for the regular people because they've been floating above in their airships, kind of just flying over all the cities that are on fire. It's true. At one point, we kind of just stopped going to different troubled cities, right? Like, like we were in yeah. the forest, we were helping elves, we were in Luskin, and then. Well, it just became like, no, a little too side bigger. questy, right? Like, because yeah. we always were like, oh, we will help these people. And then Russ yeah. is like, and I'm been sure playing. Is like, I've been trying sure? to rise to that <laughs> for two years. What the is cult of the dragon is stalling now at this point, saying, oh, yeah. where are the heroes? Just, like, doing their knitting that they <laughs> yeah. haven't yeah. cut off on yet. 
um, but yeah, so we want to we want to do that and hopefully introduce some new characters who you will love. And then uh, kind of we don't have a schedule set up for for this, um, but we'll be recording. I don't know. We'll we'll say 50 50 for now and see how it kind of evolves after that. If we like the characters, then we'll do that. If not, then maybe we'll do something different. We don't know. What I'm saying is we don't know how it's going to look, but we're introducing these characters um, and doing some new things. So who are these characters, you might ask? Well, we don't know. Oh, so that whole lead up. Well, end yep. of yeah. episode. Uh, well, I have something to confess. Shoot. I haven't done my character. Was I supposed to have a no. new character? Just kidding. <laughs> Stop having a heart attack slash plotting our murders. We're ready. Too late. They're level ones. They're easy to kill. How? God, they're so easy I know. to kill. So squishy. Yeah. Oh so my soft God, and squishy. Yeah. That's, that's something, too, that Tom, Carla, and Amy haven't really had to deal with in a while because Flintthea and Nulara are like fucking tanks. You know what? I think after this episode, we are really going to go back to uh, Flintthea and Nulara with like renewed awe and wonder mm-hmm. at how like fucking awesome they are because yeah. you know what when you yeah. are used to awesomeness you become complacent it mm-hmm. doesn't wow you as much yeah. you know the shiny mm-hmm. the shiny armor has been dulled but i think we're gonna go back and go like oh it's so nice not to have to roll death throws every fucking yeah and to time. have like plus yeah. whatever attack bonuses yeah. and, i think it's gonna yeah. make me more reckless with new lara because i'll be like oh my god <laughs> i have so many hit points let's fight this fucking <laughs> so dragon tough. i'm ready do it let's climb right on because i am kill always it from so the inside like oh no out. i'm gonna die good idea wait which head exactly mm. you don't know which one's the key <laughs> is one a key no he's just fucking with no. us or is he <laughs> this is the problem with russ <laughs> I never know. Our marriage is like one of those, like, it's like a game of Clue. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was Russ in the kitchen with the sandwich? Usually, yes. Usually, I do like a but good sandwich. No, Nailed that it. Sandwich Got it is one. for Addison, let's face yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Tom, who is your character? Uh, my character is a fellow by the name of Murin Aurel Odania Torserin, but you can call him Moot. Uh, he's the youngest of uh, a whole bunch of kids. He's a half-orc. Uh, and since he was the youngest of a bunch of kids, his opinion often didn't matter, and hence it was a Moot point most of the time. So the nickname kind of stuck for him. Uh, he is a wild magic sorcerer, so half-orc Sorcerer. Orcserer. Bit of a weird combo, Sorcerer? but I'm on board with it. We can do this. Orcserer. Sorcerer. Sorcerer. Yeah. Sorcerer. Sorcerer. Yep. Nail. Got in one. Yeah, that was one. That was one, right? One. It was just one really long one. And Carla, who is your character? My character also goes by a nickname, as is the way of her people. Her name is Narixius Acra. So Narixius is her clan. But everybody calls her Glim. So I am a dragonborn paladin. And she goes by Glim because her scales are particularly um, shimmering and beautiful, like metallic brass, rose gold, um, a little bit of platinum. So she thinks... And everyone from her clan thinks she's something pretty darn special. So Glim 
when she was a kid, everyone called her Glimmer. So, Glimmer. Oh, I like it. You're so fancy. Yes. I imagine you with a unicorn horn, and I, I know that's not <laughs> how. I know that's not what dragonborns Maybe. look like. Dragonborns can wear hats. That's true. <sighs> yeah, they can. <laughs> really fun hats. Too. Really fun unicorn horn style hats. And Amy. My character's name is Sullivan Slight. He is a Lightfoot Halfling Rogue. And he was, uh, he actually is a little bit of a sad backstory. The Cult of the Dragon um, decimated his village when he was like nine or ten. And he had what Russ called like a Thanos moment where um, he was found huddling under uh, a pile of like wreckage essentially wood from homes uh he was found by one of the head cultists and was essentially taken in and from a very young age he had been indoctrinated into the cult of the dragon doing small jobs where they needed somebody small like a halfling and slight and sneaky so something that we're gonna do with these characters that we haven't really been doing with Flinthia and Ulara because the focus has been more on this. this well, I mean, it's kind of both. Um, the focus has been more on their goal and how we've got to the goal and how we're getting to the goal. Um, whereas the these characters, I think what we're going to do is when you level up and when you go through a level, things happen to each character. You get new abilities, you get new... Things that happen. Your body starts to change. Your body starts to change. You grow hair ways. in different places. In a lot of you places. Start to lower. Yeah. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to incorporate those a little bit more thoroughly into the story. So if you get an ability, it's about how you learn that ability or how you obtain that ability. So we have to set out kind of story guidelines as to how these things all come about so they don't just happen you just wake up the next day and they're there you move up a level and then we have to fi- figure out a way to get your get your ability so you don't just wake up and all of a sudden you could like throw daggers with like blinding accuracy and you just look at your mm-hmm. friends and go <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but the thing is your friends don't even react like the way yeah. we've been doing it it's just like hmm. oh well, look right. at you go like, hey that's cool <laughs> Yeah. Like that scene in every superhero movie where they like test out their newfound abilities. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or the Matrix where he wakes up and he knows Kung Fu. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Going to be more, a little bit more real world for these characters, I think. And then we're going to try that form of storytelling out. And it's also going to be probably a little more like we did, uh, I guess, for you guys and for Patreon, for like we did with Fate Core. Um, where it's a little bit more open world and a little more you guys get to decide which string you're going to follow, right? So you can... Which totally goes great for us. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I mean... Sometimes it, will it does. Be, it, I feel like we won Fate Core. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was very fun collaborative storytelling. It was. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to check out Fate Core, go check out Patreon. Patreon.com slash DumbDragonCast. But what I'm saying is, so I'll set up like, you know, your bulletin board of things and you guys get to pick. And then based on what you pick, that's where that story goes until you figure out where to go next. So 
it will be still controlled by the overarching god that is the DM. But I was going to say, Russ is going to say god. himself. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> the molder of the Solid. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm Relax with it, Russ. over there. You're Don't let Amy board. DM shame <laughs> you. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but you guys will have, it won't be as, as railroaded as a modules can sometimes feel, is what I'm trying to get at, I think. That's the characters, and that's what we're doing. Sullivan Slight. We find you in Luskin. So, Sully is from a small village outside of Ethkatla, and um, a group of, when he was 10 years old, a group of the Cult of the Dragon came and decimated his entire village, murdered his family in front of him. He was huddling in a pile, probably a pile of ruins. Um, could potentially have been a wood pile. He doesn't really remember much from that time, but he was found cowering in the ruins by the head cultist Akthar Tarvan. And uh, he was taken by Athkar and indoctrinated into the cult of the dragons. And he was groomed to do their spy work. Being a halfling, mm-hmm. he was really good at fitting into tight spaces, going places unnoticed. And for years, um, he was loyal and did recon for the cult. Um, and he would bring back tales of, and let me, like, if this is, mm-hmm. like, right in timeline-wise, at this point, after, you know, he, he's been with them for seven years or so, seven or eight years, um, bringing back tales of the decimators of dragons who are fighting back. Akthar sent Sully to Luskin with a group to learn higher skills, as he put it. Um, Sully wasn't sure what that was meaning, but um, he went anyway because he saw what happened to people who said no to Akthar and so went along without too much of a stink. So you're with a, a small group of cultists and you're pretty, you're keeping, like you said, pretty under the radar. Um, you're wearing more or less common or mercenary clothes. Yeah. Uh, Luskin is a big uh, travel city. So you you more, you fit in. There's no need to really hide. There's a lot of... Uns- it's a whole hiding in plain uns- sight thing. Unsavory fellows who you're with. One of them's name is Benty and Barty. They're brothers. You're kind of going merchant to merchant, um, just kind of seeing what they have available. Um, and uh, Benty, he comes up to you. He's like, all right, kid, we got the job. So you're ready to go? What? What? what what's the job? Look, Akhtar said you wasn't going to ask no questions. Yeah, he said you was pretty easy to just come along. Is that all I'm doing, is coming along? Well, I mean, you you told us to teach you the ropes, yeah? What kind of ropes are we talking about? Oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, 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 what he said. Okay. Meet us at the the room tonight, and then we'll, we'll head out and go get on our way, okay? We'll be there by morning. Okay. Sure. Yeah, okay. They wander off, um, blending into the crowd. 
what do you do before you have to go to the room? Uh, I probably go to probably a, like a local pub or a bar somewhere where there's music playing and I sit in the back. Um, I don't order anything, but I love Sully like loves listening to the music. So anytime he can, anytime he's on a mission, he takes a small amount of time out of his schedule and will find where Bard is playing and get his news essentially, because he doesn't like to talk to people. So yeah, you head to uh, the Cutlass, which is one of the larger, more well-known taverns in town. You sit down in the back and there's a bard playing and you order a drink or whatever you order. Nothing. Nothing? Nope. Okay. You blend in quite nicely. Nobody really knows, pays too much attention to you. Um, you see a lot of people coming and going and um, there, there's a trio that kind of catches your eye. There's a, a dwarf and an elf and a human and they walk up to the bar and you see them kind of stumbling about not knowing what they're doing there either. But otherwise, uh, it, it goes by rather uneventful. Um, and it's about time that you should be going to meet Benty and Barty. I um, pass by where the um, where the bard had out his hat and I and I put a silver coin down and I continue out and to the room reluctantly like almost slowly you're walking your way to to the to the room where you're staying um, and make a perception check oh my ooh 16 plus perception 17 uh, you hear a wagon coming up behind you. Squeaky wheels. Yeah, very squeaky wheels. You hear the familiar voice of uh, Benty yell, God damn it, Barty, you're supposed to get something sneakier than this. Sorry, boss, it's all they had. He hops down and he's like, Okay, I was gonna, like, scoop you up and be like, Oh, you were, you were kidnapped and teach you a lesson about paying attention, but you could hear us coming from down the block, so... Is this what I'm here to learn about? No, just get in the wagon. We're going to be going on the road here. As I go around to the back of the wagon, I give the the heel of, like, I give the, the wheel a swift kick um, in the hub. And it doesn't squeak anymore. See, Barty, that's all you had to do. Sorry, boss. So you hop in. Yep. Um, and they set off. And uh, they don't outwardly tell you where they're where you're going. You just begin to travel out of Luskin and on your way. Can I tell if we're going north or south? Am I good at that kind of stuff? Yeah, you can make a direction roll, nature or survival. At fifteen. <laughs> yeah, you can tell you're heading in a westerly direction. You're on the road for at least two or three days. Oh my god. What do you guys... Are we there yet? 
You've been asking that the whole time. Look, we get there when we get there. We're going to meet up with some other folks and then uh, we're going to help out the boss, you know. Can you at least tell me what city we're going to? They kind of look at each other and it's like, no. Why? We're going to get there and you're going to be like, huh, we're in. Well, no, it's going to be a surprise to the people in the city. And I will somehow ruin that surprise by having that information. Gosh, you talk back a lot. God, boss said you were pretty easy going. Boss said you guys knew what you were doing. Okay, we're we're going we're going to the city of cars. Okay. Was that so hard? Yeah. Well, we were uh, we we tried I, to keep the the mirror of illusion and wonder in your tiny. Axar's gonna be so brain. pissed when he finds out you told me. Oh shit. God damn it. We're in trouble now. <laughs> Another day goes by. And uh, you get to the high forest. And you are um, a distance away from the city of Carson. You're pulling up to an area where there is a large gathering of other cult members. So this is like some sort of birthday party? Yeah, you could say that because we're going to get all the presents and it's going to be really, really nice. Is it a raid? Yeah. Yeah, it's a raid. Look, you stick with us, you'll be, you'll be okay, kid. Don't worry about it. How many, how many villages have you guys have you guys raided? Oh, I can't even count them on one hand. Look, we're going in. We're going in at nighttime, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be just fine, right? You just stick with us. You learn the ropes. What are these ropes that you keep talking about? Look, what have you been doing for the boss? I've been going to different cities, seeing who's meeting up together, mm-hmm. what kind of people are meeting in what groups, what they're talking about. And then coming back and giving him that information. Yeah, well, now we're in more of a uh, less of an information gathering situation, more of a um, uh, an item and house clearing situation. Got it. Good. Night comes, and they signal to you that you're ready to go. The entire cult begins moving towards the city. It's dark. The canopy of the forest covers it quite well. It's not a lot of light. You see some light within houses as you get closer to the city. The cult has this place surrounded. They've got uh, any number of humans and drakes and wormlings all waiting to move. They get their signal and everybody begins rushing into the city. They begin kicking in doors, setting fires. You hear people screaming as you're chasing behind Benty and Barty. What is Sully 
doing or feeling at this moment. Sully's never really been in this kind of situation. He's barely ever seen a battle, let alone been involved with one. Uh, his heart is racing. He's he's battling his feelings between following orders and the fear that he's feeling that's, that's coming up and he's not quite sure where it's coming from. Uh, but it's absolutely having to do with memories of this exact thing happening to his village when he was a child. As you see those memories flash in your in your mind's eye, Benty and Barty get to a door and they try to open it and it's locked. They kick it in. And there's a scream from inside, and a man rushes forward with a blade. He's tripped out the door and stabbed right in front of you at your feet by Barty. Benty then moves into the house, and you hear more screaming. Barty pushes you into the house along with them. You see a woman and a child huddled in a corner clutching various what could be construed as family heirlooms. And they strike them down. Cold blood. They don't strike out. They begin gathering things into sacks as the woman and the child and the man out in the street, the life drips away from them. They fill up their sacks and say, you're on the next one there, kid. What? And they begin moving towards the next house. Um, I, I think I remain frozen in this living space, just looking at the mother and child, just completely shocked and horrified. Come on, let's go. Um, yeah, guys, I... Yeah, I, I don't think this is for me. Um, what do you mean this isn't for you? Well, I'm not I'm not a fighter, and um, this is a lot of fighting. Look, Barty, just pick him up and let's get going, okay? Barty begins to move towards you. I back up. He rushes at you to try and grab you. I try to dodge. Can I dodge? Dexterity saving throw. 14. You kind of stumble backwards and he reaches for you and he trips over a floorboard and falls down um, and you manage to sneak to the side. The door is open in front of you. I rush at the door. You see Benty standing out in the street and saying, Okay, let's get... Hey, where's Barty? He'll be right there. And I rush in behind the house. So I make a hard right and rush in between the houses. You hear footsteps up into the building and then he looks and sees and says, Kid, I'm coming. Get I'm, get back here. And then he, you hear footsteps in behind you. There's I, forest in front of you. I run into the forest. 
you hear footsteps keeping pace with you almost. And then maybe you hear, ah, God, Barney's in the tree. I don't know if we're going to get him back. We'll just say maybe he, uh, he, he got shot with an arrow. Yeah. Yeah, that'll go over well. All right. Boss isn't going to be too happy about that. You hear the footsteps stop and start to walk back towards. You hear screams and then an explosion. There's a large ball of fire that goes up in the city. I don't look back. I keep running. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Where do we find Mirian, Oral, Ordania, Torserin, or Moot? Uh, yeah, Murin. First off, if you're going Murin, for the first sorry. statement. That's all yeah. right. Marion. I said Murian. <laughs> Mid- yeah, that's too wise. Mid-Marion. 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 <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, so I mean, old school wise, he he grows up in uh, in the high forest, in a small forest village east of Kars. And uh, how old is Moot at this point? Uh, in his uh, in his backstory, where his uh, event happens, he's probably about sixteen or seventeen. So the city you live in, largely humans and half orcs and that sort of type or just or half or yeah the the village that they're in is uh a blended village of a lot of humans and orcs and half orcs it's uh, a place where they all kind of gathered together to live peacefully moot's family how are they ingrained in the village uh pretty well i mean his his folks are around his dad's name is orel and his mom's name is odania which are his two middle names the two o's in his names because uh, he has so many brothers and sisters that they ran out of middle names by the time they got to him, so they just named him after themselves. It's a, it's a bright, sunny day. And uh, we find Moot hanging out with some some friends. Who's he hanging out with? Ooh, good question. Um, Probably some other half-orc kids. We'll go with his friends, uh, Davy and um, Raquel. You're hanging around with Davy and Raquel, and uh, you guys are talking. You know, you're you're doing what you know young half orcs do, and you're just uh, kind of having a conversation about some some things that you heard the night prior. You heard primarily a loud explosion that ran through the forest did you guys did you guys hear that last night yeah the uh the the rumbly rumbly thing yeah what was that i don't know my my mom said it was an explosion wow who'd be exploding things here i don't know i mean it's pretty pretty quiet place really yeah no um it's 
probably like, I don't know, like people trying to mine trees. People don't mine trees, Davey. What are you talking about? What do you about? mean people don't mine trees? Well, they, they you cut them down. They don't mine them. Hmm. But my dad said that that's how they make wood. I mean, uh, I, I don't I don't really know about that, Davey, but uh, I don't I still don't think you mine trees. Yeah, you're kind of a fucking idiot, Davey. Oh, geez. Why do we keep him around? He's fun. So that's something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fun. Right. I think that's good. Uh, I don't know. Um, sorry. Explosion. Did Did you hear anything else about what it what it might have been? I mean, I I don't know. My my parents seem pretty concerned about it, but just I mean, they didn't really say too much else in front of me, so it was, it's hard to say. My folks are saying there's some some weird stuff happening, like outside of the forest, like. Big cults or something like that. Have you heard anything about that? Oh shit! No, that that doesn't sound good though. No, I don't know. They seem pretty cagey about it. Like they didn't want to tell us. Mm. Like, like maybe they were trying to hide something. But it doesn't seem very good if there's like people mining for wood over there. I mean, maybe. Right, yeah, it's. it's uh, hopefully they they leave the forest alone. I mean, that's our home. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm saying. Oh well. Hey, maybe we go check and see with uh with uh, old man what's his nuts over there. You know. Old old man Barkley? Yeah. Old man Barkley. See if he knows anything. Uh yeah, I guess we could go go check with him. Let's uh let's head over there. Old man Barkley doesn't know anything. He'd probably tell us they can't mine wood. I mean we've been telling you we can't mine wood. Okay, well if he tells me then I'll believe it. Okay, Davy. You guys uh, carry on to uh, Old Man Barclays, which is just a, a rickety old shack at the edge of town. You see him sitting out in his uh, in his front front yard, just kind of enjoying a, a cup of moonshine. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Barkley, do you, do you know anything about what happened last night? We heard a big big rumble, and my my mom said it was an explosion. Moot, you gotta say hello first. That's how oh, you start conversations. Uh, sorry, sorry. Hey, hey, Barkley. Hey, Moot. Davy. Raquel. Sorry. Been drinking you've, my cup. You've been, you hit, know. you've been hitting the shine today? Well, you know, when they uh, tell you to stay at the edge of town, what else are you gonna do? Anyways, what was your question? Did you, did you what what happened last night? We, was something about an explosion nearby. Do you have any idea what's going on? Uh, yeah. Um, I did hear it. It did wake me up from my stupor dream, my dream. Um, you know, it's it's probably nothing to worry about. You know, they they've been uh they've been like mining. Yeah, wood, wood, right? No. Davy, they don't mine wood. They don't. I've been telling you for for weeks, Davy. Oh, right. Anyway, there's some new mining things going up not too far from here. Probably just that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean that takes a load off. Thanks, Barkley. What do you know about the? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you know about the cult situation? Things happening. The. Yeah, I I just kind of I just kind of heard about this from Raquel. I don't I don't really know too much. 
Oh, well, there's some, there are some folks passing through here that said, um, there's some cult things happening where there's like, there's this people trying to bring like dragons back or something. Oh, dragons are cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dragons are sweet, dude. Sweet. Um, but I think what they're doing is, you know, not, not the most good things. Oh, that's what they say anyways. It was just one group. I mean, they were probably just trying to swindle me from a shine. Yeah, well, yeah you, you got to watch out for that, hey? Right? Right? So what are you kids up to today? I mean, I don't know. We were just kind of hanging out, you know, walking around in the forest. You should get a job. I mean, I don't I don't know. Like, my, my dad's always looking for help at the mill, but, you know, he says I'm kind of too young still. How old are you? No, uh, about to turn 17. Oh, when I was 17, I was. I was working. I was really, I really thought there was going to be more to that. <laughs> nope. Nope, no more. I was working. I was earning a living. I had 16 kids of my own, probably. Wow, that's a lot of kids for that young in life. Well, that's what they called me. The man with too many kids for his age. Anyway, I'll probably let you kids get back to doing what you're doing, kid things. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we should we should head back. Uh, see you, see you, Barkley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come back anytime. I'll tell you stories. I mean, we probably won't. <laughs> you head back to town and you spend the rest of the day, you know, doing what kids do. Nighttime comes. Uh, your friends all kind of rush back to their houses, and uh, what does uh, what does Moot do? Uh, heads home for for dinner as well. He usually helps out, you know, setting the table, that sort of thing. Yeah, you get back home just as uh, just as your your mother is uh, kind of finishing up the meal. You smell it as you walk through. It's one of your favorites too. What do you smell? Uh, yeah, obviously smelling uh, cutlets of some sort. Maybe pork pork cutlets. You walk through the door and you smell those delicious pork cutlets. Um, and uh, you hear your mom call, Somebody come set the table! Nah, I'm on it. Oh, good, good, good. What, uh, what, what you been up to today? Uh, we were out in the, in the forest and then we ran across uh, Barkley and he was... I told you not to go by old Barkley's. I know, but he's harmless. Harmless? The man had 16 kids by the time he was 17. Yeah, he was telling us about that. What a weird choice. <laughs> right? What were you going out there for? Well, we were talking about that explosion last night, and then mm. uh, Raquel mentioned something about a cult or something, and then Barkley was talking about a cult. I don't know. It was all really weird. Do you know anything about this cult? Cult? Um... Mm, I heard something, but it didn't sound like anything too serious, you know? Just, you know what cults, cults is, is cults does. I mean, I don't, but okay. I mean, they were probably just mining trees. I, I really don't think that's a thing. Why does everybody keep saying that? I hear it's a new way to do it. Anyways, <laughs> it's going to put the mills out of the business. Your father's not going to be too happy about it, yeah, but we'll just keep not. that between you and me, Okay. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, your father walks through the door and he sees you setting the table and says, Oh, good job. You have a good day? Yeah, it was pretty good. How, how was the mill? When are you going to come work with me? I mean, you've been telling me I'm too young, so 
I've been waiting for you to, to say this exact thing to me. Well, today's the day, boy. Okay, maybe not today, because it's the end of the day and the mill's actually closed. <laughs> but tomorrow's the day, boy. Awesome, I can't wait. Can't believe I didn't say this sooner. That means I got to work less while you do more work. Because I'm training you. Yeah, that's usually how training works. <laughs> yeah. It's not twice as much work for the person training the new person at all. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Easy couple of weeks for me. Your your brothers and sisters, those that are, are around, they come in and uh, everybody sits down to a big meal. You... Go through the evening, and it's about time for bed. Everybody goes and climbs in, and your dad yells out to you. He's like, get, get some good rest tonight. Tomorrow, get some good rest tonight. That's the, that's the sentence I was looking for. Were you, were you into the shine with Barkley earlier? <laughs> no, don't go see Barkley. He's not, he's not good news. Anyways, what I'm saying is, big day at work tomorrow. Okay, great. I'll, I'll go hop into bed. You drift off to sleep, and you're not sure how much time passes, but it's uh, it's a it's a late sunset, and it's pitch black when you wake up. You wake up to the sound of screams coming from the streets. I hop out of bed and run into my parents' room. I say, "What's happening?" Uh, your mother and some of your brothers and sisters, they're in the room, um, and your father is, uh, not in there. Your mother says, he's, he's out, uh, he's out by, uh, he went to go see what's going on, told us to stay here. Stay here? We, we, we gotta go help him. You and your two brothers are, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's go, let's go see what, what we can help him with. You head out and the front door is open and you see people running and screaming and there's uh, there's lanterns. And you look across and down the streets and you see someone throw one into uh, what you know as uh, Raquel's house. The house goes up quickly in flames and you hear screaming from inside the house and you see a couple people dressed in black robes and cloaks, and uh, they are running around, uh, some of them carrying bags, some of them carrying weapons. What do you do? Uh, yeah, I, I yell into my mom, I say like, they're they're burning people's houses, we, we have to get out of here. She yells back and begins bringing out your, your sisters who are in there as well, and kind of looks out the window and Two of these people come and stand in front of you and your brothers. And they say, look, if you don't put up a fight, we're not going to hurt you. Yeah, yeah, what he said. Uh, uh yeah, I, I mean, please don't, please don't hurt us. It, why, why are you burning people's houses? You kind of hear from behind you, three more people begin to move into your house. What? There's there's nothing in there. Just what's happening? Just don't worry about it, okay? There's there's things above you, kid, that you're just you're not ready to understand yet. Now give us everything you've got in the house, and nobody else gets hurt. You hear screams from inside your house. I'm gonna bolt for the house. 
dexterity check. Okay. Uh, that's a 13. You managed to outrun one of the people behind you and you get in and uh, you see one of the men with his arm raised towards your, your mother and your sisters with a sword in hand. I kind of shoot like the arm out like, no, but while I'm doing this, a like beam of white light like streaks out of my hand and and towards the, the man with his arm raised. The temperature of the room drops several degrees and this white light hits this man and he seems frozen in the place uh, where he was. Your mother and your sisters scream even louder as they see what you have done. And I kind of look down at my hand like, what the fuck just happened? They run back into the house and into their room. Um, and two men come behind you and move to grab you. And the same thing happens. This blue-white light emanates from your hand, from your bodies, and it freezes these people in place. And a rift seems to open up in front of you. And you see a deep purple black energy and you feel it begin to course through you something you've never experienced before and the men frozen in place shatter to the ground and I'm just kind of staring at both my hands like dumbfounded your brothers are standing watching from behind you and say what 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 happened I, I, I don't know. I, 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 he's just speechless. You hear an explosion out in the town and you look out the window and you see a lot of these, these men that you didn't recognize dressed in the dark robes. They run away. They have bags full over their shoulders. Screaming is still happening, but they look like they are fleeing the town. You go out into the street, and there are many more houses on fire. Is there any sort of, like, water stations or anything that I can, like, try to help try to put these fires out? Yep, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a well um, in, this, in town center. You see people running back and forth as quickly as they can um, to little to no avail. The, the city itself is, by morning, half destroyed. And news spreads quickly about what happened with Moot. Despite the fact that you... You did what is deemed as is totally good because you saved your, your family. People begin to look warily upon you. That's shitty, but kind of fair. <laughs> Magic and those types of things is more or less frowned upon. 
and you're sitting at the, the table the next day and uh, your, your dad sits down with you. He was out fighting the fires and he sits down with you and says, well, well, uh, well, boy, I don't think we're going to be going into work today. Not just because the place is burned down, but because we've been asked to leave. All of us? Well, most specifically, you, but I mean, we can't, we can't leave, 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 leave you. But I mean, everyone's life is here. You can't, you can't leave. I mean, the town needs to be rebuilt and people need homes and there's, there's so much to do here. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not wrong. But what are, what are we to do? Let our let our let our shining star, our our lovely moot, go out on the world on his own. I mean, I can't I can't ask everybody to to come with me. That's that's not fair either. Um, I mean, I know the the villagers are are wary and and they're worried. Uh, this is, I, I'm worried too, because I don't know what's happening, but what if, what if I left for a while and, and went to go find some sort of teacher who could make me, help me harness whatever this is that I've got going on, and then I can come back. Teachers, who, where are you going to find a teacher? Well, I mean, who even teaches these things? I don't, I don't know, but there's got to be somebody in like Neverwinter. There's all sorts of magicians and things. Sure, sure, yeah, Neverwinter. All right. Um, yeah, okay, sure, yeah. How about we think the day on it, and then uh, we'll decide whether your magician teachers are real, and then, or if we're gonna go be realistic about life and go find somewhere else to live, and then just maybe be you know, just. I don't know. Put gloves on you so you don't freeze anybody. I I mean I I I guess that's it's I I guess that's an option, but this is I I'm worried. What if what if this happens again and it's it's someone that that's not trying to kill us that I hurt? What like I don't I don't know what to do here. Let's just think on it. They've given us a day. We can sort it out. We'll sleep on it. Figure out what we're going to do in the morning. Okay. You go through the day. I don't know how much going out you do. Not a lot. Doesn't seem like everyone's too fucking happy to see me. (laughs) But uh, night comes. Everybody kind of nestles in and goes to sleep. You're lying awake. I pack a few belongings in like a knapsack sort of thing. Uh, write out a brief note that says, you know, like I'll come back when I can. Gone to get some answers. You know, all the best sort of thing. And I sneak off into the night. <laughs> and lonesome dungeoneer wait you're not lonesome you're here with us it's me your dungeon master Russmore 
Thanks for joining us for episode 74 of Dungeons and Dragons, The Call to Adventure. A beginning of sorts for these new characters, and we'll be getting to Carla and Glim's story in just a moment here. But first, I'd just like to remind you of a couple places that you can join us. First is on Patreon, patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast. For those that don't know, Patreon is a platform where people join creators, pledging a monthly amount to those creators, and in turn building a community full of amazing people who enjoy, celebrate, and love the work that they do. In return for joining those communities, our community, there are many different levels of support and many different rewards and bonuses for being with us. This includes monthly bonus episodes, naming NPCs, monthly goog hangs, and special swag sent straight to your door, plus a whole lot more. Big thanks to all of our patrons who came out to the Goog Hang uh, just last night. We had a blast just catching up on the last month. The second place that you can join us is the Reckless Play Guild Facebook group, where you can join all of us, but also three other amazing podcasts at the end of Time and Other Bothers, The Lucky Die, and Dark Dice. We all get together, talk D&D, plan campaigns, talk characters and upcoming releases, and also, not to bury the lead here, but the GMs of all of our podcasts get together and release a video answering your questions. So if you have a conundrum that we might be able to help with, it's a great place to start and hopefully get answers. Sometimes, sometimes we fumble through it, but most of the time we try really hard. We're also getting to know the DMs and soon the players of the individual podcasts better by hosting interviews with each person to find out what exactly makes your favorite podcasters tick. Links are in the description, and we hope to see you in either of those places. A final thanks to Sirenscape for some of the amazing atmosphere. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com to bring your games to life. The next episode will be out Wednesday, February 13th, when Flint, Thea, and Nulara are back in the regular story, and they are getting on the trail to stopping the cult of the dragon. No more pit stops. We're heading there. Starting next week. But now, let's get back and join Carla and I and find out where Glim's story begins. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. So, Norixius Acra, or Glim, yes. where is she from? Her clan lives in the Misty Forest, on the edge of the Misty Forest. And she lives with a, a large clan or a small clan of dragonborn there? I think she lives with, gosh, let's say, I mean, quite a, a small clan. I think there are sort of several clan enclaves in the same area that sort of all like, mm-hmm. you know, trade together and intermarry and all of that. She's not, you know, totally isolated growing up like my girl knew Lara was. But her clan itself is probably like 60 people. And that's all basically like her family, right? Her family and kind of extended family. Dealings with outside... Like you live in pre- pretty much like a, a, a community solely based on dragonborn. Yes. Probably a little bit more sheltered. Well, maybe not sheltered, but there's probably only like passer-throughs of of other races. 
Yeah, definitely. So that is predominantly like the people she has been around, the people she has grown up with, you know, like bards come through every once in a while. So that's how they, of course, like get their news. And so she sees different races that way. And they're always kind of, you know, like adventurers and whatnot um, that kind of roll through. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, she's grown up in with Dragonborns. Your family, they send you off somewhere not not because of it for any reason just to kind of go get resources but you say perhaps glim is is a good hunter gatherer or perhaps she might actually be not so much not so much i think that glim um she has thus far in her life she's only 25 has sort of um been like Almost literally the golden child. Like, she has been glimmer. Um, <laughs> she could buy so on she her looks has, a lot. Um, not necessarily her looks, but um, because she and her clan and the surrounding enclaves, like, all sort of believe that she is destined for something great and have since she was very small. Um, not necessarily something great, but they believe she is, you know... A million generations later, a descendant of Bahamut. So she is like kind of spoiled. She is like a, a good person, but um, yeah, is hasn't faced a lot of struggle in her life, let's say. Let's take that a different way then. There's a bard that's come through, an orc, long tusks, and he comes through and he's telling tales of battles going on in Faerun. You watch his songs and you watch his, you listen to his stories and you come to learn through them that there is perhaps something that you might have been shielded from or just not told by some of your elders is that there is a cult of the dragon and they are trying to rise Tiamat who is the polar opposite to Bahamut. The bard is is singing in the center of your your village. Everybody's kind of crowded around him, listening to these stories. Some look a little more shocked than others. Others look like this is, you know, they might have heard of these tales. Um, but you you come in and you catch you catch the majority of one of these last songs, singing tales of uh, what he calls the decimator of dragons. And as he wraps up, everybody kind of claps and uh, gives him some change in food um, and begins going about their day. So he's tidying up his stuff up at the front. Uh, What does Glim do? Well, I'm going to go talk to him. Um, excuse me, sir. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Um, what do you... you so surely, please don't take this the wrong way, but surely you must be exaggerating a little bit about the state of the world. I mean, Tiamat couldn't be rising. That's crazy. Oh, no, my dear. Um, yeah, uh, yes, the, the world beyond your, your village here is, um... Uh, how do I say, uh, going to the shit. Oh, but, I mean, 
surely the followers of Bahamut are, are fighting against, I mean, our God is so kind and powerful and wise yeah. and strong. I yeah. mean, there's, so how, can you, what's, I guess I'm just confused. I, un- I understand that, your confusion, my dear. Um, you live in a very central, how do I put this? Um, so you, you, you are shiny dragon. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the not shiny dragons and then there's the shiny dragons. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sh- yeah. The, the, the not shiny dragons, they, they, they want to take over the world. And, uh, yeah, and the, and the shiny dragons are there, I think. Or get, they're, they're around, and I think they try to stop. I don't know. What about just the, the normal people? Aren't, how, how can there be so many followers of Tiamat that they can overwhelm all the other people in the world? Oh, um, yeah, they, um, well... They have lots of things where they 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 take in all these people and they destroy their villages and they steal all their stuff and oh boy they make it very difficult for people to be around so lots of people have been fleeing from them because there's not a lot of of warriors but some some warriors the decimators of dragons as you heard they are standing up for what is good and what is right, and they are—they are the ones who are leading the leading the battle to try to stop. They must be very brave and smart warriors. Yes, yes, they are—they are the bravest and the smartest. I—I I think I met them once. Um, you know, they were okay. Um. Well, sir, thank you, thank you for coming and and seeing us and telling us the news. And I give him some you know, coins and food and stuff. And then I go to try and find my parents. Thank you. Thank you. And you, uh, you, you head off to where you think you'll find them. Where, where is that exactly? Probably. Well, I guess, I mean, they were, everybody was just kind of there, you know, watching the, mm-hmm. the bard. So I think they're probably just like walking back to our domicile. So their names are my parents, Spark and Bean. Gonna have to help me with mother and father here, or mother and mother, or <laughs> father and father. I don't. Um. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yes, mother and mother, spark and beam. Perfect. Uh. Yeah. You you catch up to them as uh, as they get back to your home, um, and they're kind of just entering the door, and they see you coming, and they're like, oh yes, 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 come in, come in, Glenn, and they open the door for you as they see you running up. Mom, Mama. Because they have to have different names because they're both moms. Did you did you know that that's happening in the world? That this cult is trying to rise Tiamat? Oh, you you heard that, did you? I did, and then I talked to the orc bard and he told me, I mean, things things are really terrible. He, yes, yes, they things seem to be we've heard from more than more than more than just that bard. Um, that things are not well. Um, in fact, some of our own have gone out to see uh, if they can help. Um, and it it appears that uh, dragons 
and dragon type are trying to do things that would hurt others right now. Well, don't you think it's our duty to stop them from doing that? Surely we can't just stay here and do nothing if Tiamat might be rising. I mean, that is... For the love of Bahamut, we couldn't possibly just <laughs> let that happen. We have to go do something. You see them kind of look between each other and one of, uh, uh, we'll say, Bean. Is that Mama or Mom? Yep, that's Mama. Uh, your, your Mama, Bean, uh, she kind of rolls her eyes a little bit at, uh, at Spark, your mom. And your mom says, Glim, we've been, we've been trying to keep you from, from what has happened. And I feel like, I feel like you are old enough now that you you can know the world is is not a great place for for our kind right now there are many people who look to either recruit us to to uh, make us slaves to larger dragons or to harm us because they don't understand who we are. You have a special place in this. And being your mama, she she kind of crosses her arms and walks into the next room. We were... It sounds crazy, but it came to us in a, a dream that you would rise to be a great protector, a great warrior, someone who people could turn to. But our elders and and your and your mama, she didn't want to tell you this. She they they want to. I want to protect you, but it might be time for you to see the elders and to go off on your own. I... I I think that I have to. I mean, surely I'm not so worth protecting. We can let Tiamat rise. I mean, that's... That's... That's crazy. I have to help. We should all help, even if it's hard, even if it means leaving here. I think it's the right thing to do. Your mama, she comes back in and she says, I will take her. She picks a bag up off the floor that she was clearly packing in the next room and hands it to you and says we have people to see okay mama let's go she hands you the bag and you head out and you begin 
heading off down a path you probably haven't, but you might have gone down, but you travel for quite a ways until you get to a building you haven't been to before. And on the on the the wall is a symbol that you recognize. It's the symbol of Bahamut. Some of the music in today's episode is by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.filmmusic.io. Sound effects can be found at sirenscape.com. Okay, who wants to start? <laughs> eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger by the I told toe. I not to make decisions if he hollers, like that. I know where go. she gets eeny, it Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Where do we find Sullivan's Light when we first... It's Sullivan's Light. That's what I said. There's no space in between the two. Sullivan's Light. Sullivan's Light. Sullivan's Light. <laughs> Sullivan's Light. You can call him Sully. Super squeaky wheels. What do they sound like? <laughs> like a sad monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sad monkey wheels. It's a real problem. It's all around Faerun. <laughs> Can I make a super sad dog? While you're doing that, let's just think about the family dynamics where one brother has to call the other brother boss. Boss. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a bad situation. Maybe you should just let it go. Maybe. I mean, it's an option. Just don't rule it out. We haven't got there yet. Fucking Dosney. (laughs) Dungeons and Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Night has fallen, the moon is full, and we're inviting you to listen to Canada by Night, a podcast where professional improvisers play Vampire the Masquerade. Detective-turned-vampire Everett Fry accidentally becomes the sheriff of New Haven, an experimental town where they're testing if vampires and humans can coexist. Stuck leading a ragtag group of officers, the Bruja bounty hunter Val, the Gangrel news reporter Evangeline, and the Tremere blood witch Doris. Can Everett keep the town running? Or will everyone end up liquidated by the Vampire Council of Canada? Trending on global fiction charts and produced by Dum Dums and Dice, whose podcast Dum Dums and Dragons ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America. Listen now to find out why Canada by Night has been downloaded more than a half a million times. Canada by Night, its interview with the vampire, if it had all the characters from Parks and Rec in it. <laughs>